Welcome to today's devotion. Today, I just want to start off by asking this question. How would you like throwing a party and no one shows up? How would you like sending out an invitation for someone to attend your wedding and nobody shows up? How would you like having a graduation ceremony or inviting people to a a graduation party where all the people you're inviting invited didn't show up? Wouldn't you feel rejected? having the food prepared and the invitations and you went into so much preparation in advance and you gave them advance notice. And and in some cases, you've even provided money and you've even provided clothes for them um, just so that there wouldn't be. But however, they still didn't show up. I can recall planning our first family reunion And we prepared this thing for over a year. And despite uh, us providing things for people, wouldn't you know it? In some cases, people didn't show up. We provided, you know, they didn't have to worry about nothing. All they had to do was just, we we provided the T-shirts, the plates. We, in some cases, we even um, provided the transportation. But still... They didn't show up. But can I be honest with you? I've been the person that didn't show up either. I've been invited to a wedding. I've been given invitation and I didn't show up. I've been invited to a family reunion and 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 had every intentions. But at the last minute, I made excuses as well. So I can't talk about anyone because I made excuses myself, but thank God for God's mercy and his grace. The invitation that he He gave me years ago as far as being a minister or a, a, a teacher and someone said, hey, I wanted to teach you, but the truth in the matter is I rejected it. I said to myself, oh, no, that can't be me. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. So, but I thank God for his grace and mercy. Can we welcome him in for doing this devotion right now as we talk about the cost of being a disciple? And hopefully this is just part one. Um, Lord willingly, Father, I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. But I want to thank you that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. For we accept you by faith, not by works, but by faith. So we're asking as we go through this devotion that you will show us us through this devotion so that we can get things right and we can be on track, make our crooked paths straight, lead us to the place in which we're full as we sit at your table. Allow us to feast on your word today and come away feeling very much nourished. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to go through 
um, this first scripture. Um, it's found in Luke 14, um, um, 14 verses 15 through 24. But I want to sum up before we get there what this is all about. Jesus was just in, invited um, to this place to eat, to this banquet. And he's having this conversation with this host. And, and that's found in verse 12. And he tells him, he says, look, when you're hosting a luncheon or a banquet, just don't invite your friends and your relatives, the people that you know can provide um, food and will invite you back. But he said, I need you to consider this one thing. Look out for those that are less fortunate, those that can't do anything for you. He said, in doing so, your payment will be given to you in heaven. You're going to get the full reward in heaven. Well, I, I want to, I, how is this applied to us? Many people that believe in Christ believe that every single one of us will sit at the banquet table, table with Jesus. And Jesus has some news for you this morning because he wants to talk to you about what being a true disciple is all about. Just because your mom and your father has a relationship with Christ, do you think that's going to help you get in to his kingdom? Jesus, in this teaching, you're going to discover, now nah, we can't count on that. Now, when you accept Christ, you're fully accepted in his kingdom, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get into the major <laughs> banquet hall. So that means that some rewards may be lost. You're going to be safe. Yeah, you're going to heaven, but you might be not in, in the certain rewards you might be not able to get. He said, I didn't, Jesus said that because some people think that just because they use excuses such as, I didn't know better, I thought this, I didn't know that that's how it works. As Jesus' kingdom representative, we must allow God's lordship and rulership as a kingdom disciple to be our first priority. I'm not talking about church service, volunteer work, religious activity. I'm talking about relationship. Kingdom discipleship is allowing the Lord to rule every area of our life. He shows us how the way we should act and the talk. So I'm going to say this. The question is, and how you can tell if you're his true kingdom disciple is, if someone were to indict you or pose an accusation that you're a Christian, would they find, find you guilty of being a Christian? Meaning that, or will they simply find you innocent because you act like the culture or you're doing things from the world's point of view, viewpoint, meaning the way that I act, the way that I talk, is most of my behavior, does it line up with Christ? 
So here it is, as I was saying, as I go through the scriptures this morning in verse 15, I mean, Luke 14, starting at verse 15, it says that hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus said, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied this way, and he gave him a story, a parable. He said, a man prepared a great feast, sent out many invitations, and when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell him, come, I'm telling his guests to come. The banquet is ready. But they all were making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. That sounds like a valid excuse. Another says, hey, I, I have to try out. I just bought a new car, uh, a set of cars, and I need to try it out. In other words, these are oxens. That, does that sound like a good excuse? Another said, I just got married. So can I be excused? The servant returned and told the master what they've said. And the master was furious. And he said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the cripple, the blind, the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported there is still more room. So the master said, go out into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge everyone you find to come. For none of those I first invited, even the smallest, will taste my banquet. What is this said? The guest here was so impressed with eating the bread. See, we can be so impressed with being religious to where we don't understand that it's not about the religion's activity. It's about the relationship. Jesus was giving them a taste of what would happen in the future. He's, in fact, we can tell how what's happening right now or what's happening right now, how society has rejected God's kingdom. And in most cases, we have. I have. We all have in our lives because I'm not excluded. It's, I, in some cases, I refuse to live my life and live my life under the rulership in certain areas of my life. But Jesus says as a, as a cost of being a disciple, everything must be in alignment with him. So he says, he says, those who, he said that Jesus was emphasized those who expected to be there in the kingdom, some, in some cases, will be excluded in certain invitations of the banquets. Why? He was angry because they rejected him. So instead, he went to the people that didn't feel like they would be accepted, those that the lowly, those that felt unworthy. Those are the people that God is saying, hey, I want those people. It's not the people that you think will have this relationship with me. However, 
it's the people that I know that will accept me. In other words, what he was saying, he was referring to the Jews. When Jesus first came here on earth, he first went to his own relatives. But because they rejected his message, he began to proclaim his who he was to those of us outside the family. And that's exactly what he's talking about here in this scenario. But I want to start right here because I want to go into detail and we're going to pick up. This is how Luke the doctor explains it. But tomorrow I'm going to go through Matthew the accountant's account of this and dig it a little bit deeper because I I believe that when we, we reject God, it's only because of God's mercy and grace. He can kill us right then and there, but he decides to give us a chance to allow our hearts to be open. And he stands and he waits just like he did for me. And he provides that mercy and that grace. Even though I went down the path of sin and pleading and begging with him in the middle of the night after all night drinking. But thank God he didn't allow me to get locked up from drunk driving or get killed while driving drunk. He allowed his grace and his mercy to protect me. Because you see, in in Romans chapter 8, he says these words. He says in verse 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Can't you thank God for his glory? His glory being manifested in you and me? Father, I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for loving us enough to keep us until we fully gave our full life to you. May you keep my brothers and sisters. May they take this word and apply this word to their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, being a disciple costs something. Have a wonderful day.